So three, two, one, welcome to the LA podcast. Today we have a very special guest. We have director, producer, screenwriter, actor, co-founder of Troma Entertainment and the creator of the Toxic Avenger, Lloyd Kaufman. Thank you for being with us, Lloyd. And he's gonna serenade the crowd. <laughs> He's got another brown too. <laughs> yeah. Lloyd <Woo! laughs> Kaufman, ladies and gentlemen. That's Lloyd Kaufman. That's got to be your biggest intro. Yeah, yeah. that was an impromptu yeah. clarinet. And uh, you said before you hadn't played since grade eight. That did, that sounded like you've been playing for years consistently. <laughs> well, the main thing is, uh, you fans out there, wear the masks. It's very important to wear the masks. It uh, is, very, of yes, course. Yeah. I mean, that's our public health announcement for the episode. <laughs> Lloyd has uh, COVID ready. Yeah, we like to stay out of exactly. politics usually, but like this is very important. So keep your mask on and yep. and keep it tight. And the Toxie's over here. Toxie's right here. He. Uh, Actually, he doesn't have to wear a mask. He is a mask. Yeah, he looks like the virus. <laughs> yeah. he looks like he's caught something. Has Toxie been hanging out in Wuhan lately? Yeah. <laughs> was that was that mask by chance created in a lab in Wuhan? <laughs> yeah. Yes, yeah, a Chinese wet market. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I bought this in Wuhan, actually. Uh, yeah. It was part of the Engelan. Whatever you call it. What you call it. So thank you for being here. You have a new movie, uh, Shakespeare, Shakespeare's Shitstorm, coming out soon. Hashtag, sorry, hashtag. The hashtag is very important. Hashtag Shakespeare's um, Shitstorm. We'll put that on the yes, screen hashtag for you. Shakespeare's Shitstorm, because the, one of the themes is uh, a sort of the uh, what goes on on the, the Twitter hate and the uh, virtual, the VR lynchings and all that stuff is mm -hmm. one of the themes along with the excess uh, influence of uh, pharmaceutical companies on the young children of today. Right. So, would so you say as usual, Uncle Whitey is uh, trying to make the world a better place. Yeah. Whoops. <laughs> so, yeah, I've, uh, I watched a couple of your films this last week, and uh, you definitely yeah. have, like, a very unique style, but I watched Tromeo and uh, Juliet, and now you're doing another Shakespearean film. What is your uh, inspiration uh, behind using Shakespearean films uh, and kind of adding your own style? Well, after I read Jacob's uh, script, I figured I'd just copy it and uh, <laughs> just... do the same thing without telling him. But uh, luckily, <laughs> he's not here. No, uh, <laughs> I, I wanted to film uh, uh, The Tempest. It's my favorite Shakespeare play. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want to do it back in 1992 because I wanted to do it. I wanted to film The Tempest when I was old so I could really feel more Prospero's uh, situation of the loss of power and being banished. And, uh, and uh, so I waited and until uh, I could really get into the head of uh, Prospero uh, and I hope you like the movie. By the way, Friday night, I don't know when you're going to uh, put this up online, but 
this coming Friday, August 14th at 7 p.m., there's going to be a live reading by the cast of uh, Hashtag Shakespeare Shitstorm to raise money for uh, about six uh, charities that the actors also some of them had uh, special causes. Right. So uh, we did this and hopefully they're, yeah, we list the charities and uh, hopefully the fans will send a few bucks. Well, that's perfect. Charities. This is coming out tonight. So you're oh, going to be great. Yeah. Good. You're going to be able Good. to use so this as a long night. Uh, for seven, uh, 7 PM Eastern daylight savings time, of course. Mm-hmm. And then um, after that, uh, the lightning round. No, uh, after that, uh, <laughs> On uh, the 29th of August, the 29th of August, very important, at 9.30 uh, Eastern Daylight Savings Time, the actual world premiere of Hashtag Shakespeare Shitstorm will be um, uh, on uh, Fantasia, the Fantasia Film Festival. In Montreal. And uh, they, they've made it into a big deal. So hopefully uh, you guys can check it out. And, uh, and Tom can send you screeners if you want to review it. Yeah, Luke and I, uh, I don't know if you remember, but we had a little cameo in it. So we want to see if we made the cut, if we're, uh, if we're going to be in our... Yeah. <laughs> we were... It's all a blur to me. What, what scene were you We on? were with uh, Ming Chen when he... Uh, I don't want to give anything away. Uh, well, but, uh, yeah, we're in It was the, the club scene. I think you'll be pleasantly surprised. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. yeah, LA Army hits the big screen. Yeah. <laughs> I, we got I got a, a, a band from uh, Facebook and Instagram because of I put up the uh, image of uh, Ming Chen with his uh, newfound right. breasts. You want to <laughs> that got me right. uh, sorry, sorry if you already good. said it, but um, for the table that. read, where will our uh, our audience be able to watch that? Will that be on live streaming on YouTube? Where will we be able to see that? Um, it's going to be the live reading will be on the Troma Facebook and also on Troma Now. So if you go to watch.troma.com, uh, Troma Now, which is our streaming service, you'll be able to see the uh, the reading. Or on the Troma Facebook, you'll be able to see the reading. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Just so anybody who's interested in watching that, it'll be on the same day that this comes out, August fourteenth. And it'll be on the uh, Troma yeah, website, as you said. Live, uh, it'll be live and, uh, at 7 p.m. on uh, Troma's Facebook. And I believe Troma Now. Go to Troma Now. It's better quality, I think. Right. But um, watch Troma.com. It should be free. Uh, and uh, actually, if you want to support us, sign up for Troma Now because uh, we, our channel got kicked off of YouTube today. Big deal. It, oh, wow. Uh, today? The whole channel after 47 years. Really? They feel you're not up to community standards, and they kicked off the whole channel. I don't know why. But wow! When you have a dictatorship, that's what happens. Yeah, YouTube. Yeah. 1984, the, right? Yeah, I was about to. Nobody. I was about to say they're getting a little Orwellian rules, on our asses here, like with the censorship. Yeah. We've had to deal with a little bit of that here at the LA Podcast, but we won't talk about it because we don't want to get flagged again. <laughs> yeah. But we've dealt with some of that. Well, some of that is, shit too. Uh, the main thing is, if the fans could please support Troma and go to. Uh, Troma now it's free the first month and then only four ninety nine and uh, YouTube was screwing us anyway. Yeah. I mean we were pretty much uh, <laughs> moving stuff off of the YouTube channel into uh, Troma now. So um, you know, all the new movies um, are on uh, Troma now. Yeah. As are the new pieces. It's, be- of, it's uh, better that way. Yeah. So we'll make sure we provide the Troma now link underneath the video for you. So anybody watching and hears well, that, they'll be able to go yeah, right there. There's there's a uh, a uh, an ad uh, on my Instagram. Okay. Uh, you can find it very easily. 
Okay. And uh, suddenly we want to, uh, uh, it, uh, it, it's, uh, and, uh, we can send it to you also, but it's all, it's all over my Twitter and Instagram and trauma's uh, social. It has, uh, it talks, it gives you all the details how to get on the, the live reading. Right. Uh, so I want to ask more about the movie. When did you start writing the script? And like you mentioned some of the things that kind of inspired you for it. But if you could dive a little deeper into what exactly got you motivated to write this one. Well, uh, like all trauma movies, uh, for example, The Toxic Avenger was uh, 1983 was about the environmental problems uh, we were having. Uh, this was way before Al Gore uh, basically stole the Nobel Prize from the other scientists. Uh, and um, we were into the environment way back in the early 80s. And, uh, of course, uh, Poultry Guy's Night of the Chicken Dead is an anti-fast food scribe. And, uh, and hashtag Shakespeare Shitstorm has two major themes. I mean, there's lots of contemporary satire. Mm -hmm. uh, but the, uh, the two big ones are the fact that my entire uh, – uh, the last 50 years, uh, from 6 a.m. in the morning till uh, bedtime, the children are exposed to television commercials for pills and drugs. And the taking of drugs uh, has been uh, normalized. We're not allowed to have a, a marijuana, of course. That's a federal law. We can't have that. But uh, <laughs> no we sure can have a lot of uh, prescription drugs. And uh, imagine the brain of a three-year-old kid. Uh, 40 years later, he, she, or they, as we say, they uh, see nothing wrong with popping pills constantly. So uh, what are you going to do? You uh, eat junk food, pop some pills, eat more pizza, pop some pills, and you get uh, get the diabetes. Get the uh, nobody's going. Uh, got a courage to fat shame anymore. Mm -hmm. So uh, we've got a nation of uh, people <laughs> who are going to be uh, we're going to be paying for their. Uh, for their unnecessary uh, uh, obesity treatments. Don't worry. All because of the pharmaceutical. Pretty much because of the pharmaceutical company. Yeah. The LA right? podcast this is whole, pro uh, opioid. Look at the opioid. <laughs> That's for just sure. Just the opioid. opioid crisis is a huge thing. Yeah. Yeah. We're right? pro that. There's a very good book that Charlotte Kaufman gave me a book called Dreamland about a public swimming pool that was the pride of Ohio in the uh, early 60s. It's a low now bar. it's basically cracked out. <laughs> It was the public uh, swimming pool and park, and it was beautiful, called Dreamland. And now it's Cracktown. <laughs> yeah, very good book, really. Quite good. So that there are quite a number of other books about what's going on in the world of uh, Big Farmer. So mm -hmm. uh, that was a major theme. And then the other theme was, uh, of course, the fact that uh, I feel that the world of uh, fascism has intruded a bit too much on the uh, free speech side of our life. And, uh, you know, right now, is my opinion, uh, in our country, and pretty much in the world, unfortunately, uh, where you have so-called free speech as, as long as you don't say anything. And uh, witness the fact that the 47-year-old Troma Entertainment, <clears throat> we've been honored all over the world, from, from Shanghai to, to Moscow to Brazil to, you know, everywhere except Antarctica, maybe. A lot of penguins did a big thing for us in Australia. Uh, anyway. <laughs> You know, after 47 years and being a huge cultural influence, uh, it ain't good enough for YouTube. Apparently, we don't live up to you to uh, community standards, <laughs> yeah. but they don't tell you specifically what. A, uh, it's 1984. You know, it's like being in a uh, in a Groundhog Day uh, for 1984 because mm -hmm. you you can't get any answers. You don't know what the rules are. And the sad thing is, you've got a lot of artists 
who are fucking up their own uh, movies uh, by censoring, uh, by changing the titles who are trying to satisfy the YouTube and the Amazon uh, double standard. But the problem is they're not there to encourage you, you guys, Luke and Jacob and Aaron, uh, or Troma, they're there to um, support the club of the club of giant media conglomerates, and we're a thorn in their side. Everybody goes to look at the LA podcast. It's those are eyeballs that aren't watching uh, Amy uh, Amy uh, Schumer. Schumer. Yeah. <laughs> they're not watching Amy Schumer. Schumer. She's expecting, by the way. Ooh, I want to see that. Yeah, that's, that's exciting you know, that's stuff. Okay. Let's see. Well, I, I want to see that. Standards. She's going to do it in all leather. <laughs> Looking at Amy Schumer. Jesus Christ. That's <laughs> that. I mean, you can't. Everything should go. You know, everything mm. should be uh, taken down for community standards. I mean, so, yeah. At any rate. I'm just a sad, bitter old drunken pothead, and uh, <laughs> luckily you got me earlier in the day. So. Those no, are the we, best. We those, all agree. Those kinds of people are—they're always the best thinkers. They—they'll they, hit you with with a, a little bit of knowledge that'll just blow your mind. Usually, those types of people. So, and even watching your movies, <laughs> yeah. honestly, I I see like I watch Tromeo and Juliet, and that one is uh, I find like your style is kind of like a microcosm of like the issues t today. Where people like there is a deeper meaning, but people refuse to see past the other stuff to see that deeper meaning, right? Like Tromeo and Juliet, what I got from it was it was the Capulets and the Montagues. Montague, um, uh, he had all these things that uh, like he was just rip he was just ripping farts the whole time, <laughs> and but at the same time he represents small businessmen, right? And then Capulet yeah. was the guy that took over and just took the small business that he worked for and just kind of like made it shitty because he, he made it corporatized and he made it any. And so there are all these things like there's, there's sex scenes every, every two minutes and there's, and there's farting and there's, there's uh there's puking and there's all these kinds of things. But really there is that um, core message that is there, but people, some people nowadays, especially I feel like if they watch that, they'd refuse to see that. And I think that's a big problem today is people don't look past the fluff <laughs> to get to the real meat and potatoes you know That's well the comment. good news is uh, we've built up a fan base over 47 years and yeah. yes, people like you people like you guys keep us uh, in the public eye mm -hmm. you know we have no money and somehow uh, you know we had 600,000 people on that youtube channel which is gone now uh, and um, we probably got a million every month to go to our various uh, websites and Facebooks and my fan site and all that kind of stuff. So we're still, thanks to the fans, we're still around, but uh, we're, it gets worse and worse. Uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, please subscribe to watch.troma.com. Yeah. Troma now. So it's I know the, the future, but I know the YouTube thing only happened today, so you might not have been able to look into it. But is there anything you can do? Because losing six hundred thousand subscribers, like, they're taking tons of people out. That's like cutting someone off at the knees. Is there anything legally that you can do with YouTube, uh, or are they kind of covered on all ends? Because that's that to me is like that's, 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 that's bullshit. That's eliminating freedom freedom of speech. Yeah. I would say. I think that's you bullshit. could sue them for that. I mean, you're providing. <laughs> I don't think so. No, I think the best. They're thing probably is, covered you know, on all ends, but I, I just I wanted to kind of oh, put that out there. Written, it's bull. I've written, I've, I've written seven books, and the most recent one uh, called "Sell Your Own Damn Movie" 
uh, predicted all that's going on. I mean, I've been talking about uh, media consolidation and the threat to uh, freedom of speech and uh, the threat to neutrality, which is the last democratic medium, namely the Internet. And uh, now the FCC is doing away with the net neutrality, which means that Comcast or your ISP can slow down your independent uh, channels and whatever you have, but to give uh, AT&T and Warners and the other uh, uh, members of the media club uh, full access and uh, high speed. So it's another way to kill off the independent uh, art. Great. <laughs> so, and we're going to get Troma now is right now, especially with the COVID, uh, uh, Troma now is a big, uh, and we started it three or four years ago because we, we saw where this was going and it has gone there. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm not that surprised. Well, at least you're going to like have your own website where you can host your own videos and have a platform. But like you're saying, who knows until they start hacking that. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. how do you get in How do you get in contact with those 600,000 people yeah. to let them know? that there's another option to get your yeah. content, right? That's the yeah, issue. Well, we'll, uh, hopefully uh, fans will uh, understand that uh, mm -hmm. already. Already on my Twitter feed, I got a few fans who said, what happened to your uh, YouTube channel? Mm -hmm. <laughs> they went there and apparently it's, that's how I found out. You woke up this morning. Mm -hmm. Like that is, day of manic depression. That's mad. In a way, it was sort of, it, it kind of cheered me up. See, I was right. YouTube, yeah. they kicked us off. I knew this would happen. I was right. Yeah. Yay. The conspiracy theorist in all of us loves to be right. Yeah. <laughs> loves to be right. But you know, what I mean? literary Nostradamus over here yeah. with his predictions. Yeah. <laughs> Troma now started three or four years ago. So we have a pretty good core group of subscribers. The other problem is that uh, it was supported by, uh, not supported, but the, the platform was Vimeo. And Vimeo has now uh, decided that they're going to shake us down for an app. We used to be able to, our fans used to go from Troma now to, uh, they could use it on Roku. Uh, and then uh, Vimeo said, uh, you go more unless you buy an app from us, which oh. is, uh, according to them, $30,000. <laughs> but uh, we, uh, a couple of years ago, we put an, uh, an ask, we asked on our Twitter, on my Twitter, I asked if any fans were out there who could make us an app. And a great guy in Texas has uh, been working on it for two years, and he finished. And it looks like a week or two we'll have a, a an app for Troma now, so that you will be able to go on uh, 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 Roku and I think after uh, also Microsoft. Uh, I think uh, after that we'll get onto the Microsoft uh, games. It almost uh, and it, the PS. It, it, it almost right now it's imminent for Roku. So uh, if LA you join podcasts. Troma now. Uh, a week or two, you'll be able to get on Roku. Okay, LA podcast exclusive. They have, Lloyd has an app coming out. Have you have you told anyone else, or are we breaking news right here? I would say you break. Well, I, I I when I got that news, I put it up on my Instagram and I pinned it to my Twitter, so it's there. You know, it's and and uh, you know the fans discovered it. So awesome, awesome. <laughs> Yeah, I just, I had to hit it. I just, uh, your picture just disappeared, but I'm okay with that. <laughs> no, we took off one because I think it was uh, lagging the internet a little bit. So we got just the wide shot now. Can you see us on the wide shot though, all three of us? I see only uh, me drinking. Oh, That's so it's because that one's muted, right? Okay, okay, we need this one. Yeah. It doesn't matter. As long as you're getting what you want. Yeah, uh, let me just put this one back on. 
just the internet was a little laggy, so we were just trying to solve. Mm-hmm. Uh, so maybe oh, shut, right. maybe yeah. shut that one off over there. Yeah, and then you, you might have to do it over there. Well, can you see us now, Lloyd? Oh, yeah. that's on the <laughs> there. That's the video we were referring to right here. Sorry. Nice to see you now. Thank you. Okay, there you Very go. Let's just not touch it. <laughs> so, so, sorry. What what I was gonna say was it. It kind of seems like the majority of people are kind of getting mindlessly herded into like, oh, this is the new normal. Um, just follow these mainstream corporations and watch these like big time movies, like another Star Wars or another like Marvel movie, and it's like, oh my god, it almost seems like the small independent filmmakers, like that creates scenes. You know, like that, that literally has created scenes over generations and that's kind of being taken away. So it's like, what do you see happening for film in the next 10 years, five, even five? I mean, it's, it's very hard to say, but it looks like we're drifting into a very sad, uh, sterile uh, society where people are afraid to uh, say how they really feel and, uh, and uh, if you don't know that uh, trauma exists, how are you going to go to watch trauma movies? So, okay, so now the 600,000 people on YouTube are wiped out. Uh, and the major media never talks about us. Uh, they did until about 20 years ago. But uh, the major media, uh, like the New York Times, very few uh, uh, interests except uh, in advertising money. So we don't exist. And uh, that's what the problem is. If you don't exist, in Russia, they take your passport away so you can't work and you basically don't exist. Or they send you to the gulag worse. Uh, <laughs> in, in the case of our country, a little more subtle. They just, well, it's you become really... a non-entity by being ignored, by being ignored by the, uh, by the only way you can. Uh, now with net neutrality going away and the development of uh, this... Uh, phony uh, community standards, uh, uh, log, uh, uh, what do they call logarithm analogs? What are, Algorithm, they, what are they algorithms. 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 Algorithms, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm convinced that the algorithms are set for if you are, if it's an independent movie or independent art and it might compete with the mainstream and it has a little bit of uh, adult material, that's what you get rid of. But if you go to YouTube right now and dial in lesbian sex, uh, you got you can definitely pleasure yourself <laughs> many, many, many more happy hours. I think that's, so how, it I, isn't, I think that's how every young man started in by, porn. I think it's <laughs> YouTube, twice big with moves. a bit of anti-independent uh, uh, flavor. Well, and it's especially frustrating for uh, you know young filmers, filmmakers like ourselves who are trying to break into the industry because not only do we have a very difficult time as people who don't belong to these big corporations but even the movies we watch like how many mission impossible movies do we need how many of these sequels and just kind of mindless cookie cutter movies do we really need like i don't remember the last time i saw a a film that actually was like wow this is so original and fresh you know one of my last ones i think was inception that i saw in in theaters i was like what a creative idea Mm. you know what i mean but like i can't inception i just can't think of one now like Got, like most of them are either oh. built, most of them are either based on books or they're just like a, a, a franchise. Yeah, where there's no like uh, independent. Like in, I don't I don't even know was Inception a book? I don't think it was. I think it was just like some guy's idea. Yeah. So yeah, there's well, just it, I've said it for years. It's just like 
I've been it's where the money make movies. The suits make movies uh, by committee, and uh, they they uh, they do what the president does. Uh, they do the polls. They check out uh, the polls just the way uh, settled for Biden. Uh, oh, you know, they check what should I be for um, should I be for integration? Uh, well, let's let's put a poll up, huh. right? <laughs> They run it like a democracy instead of an art gallery. That's why hashtag settle for Biden is so depressing. 80-year-old, the same old white men uh, are running the show. Uh, now they've got a lapdog, but so what? You know, let them have it. Uh, but better than Trump, I quote. I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. He's surrounded. Biden's got himself surrounded by lobbyists. In fact, the lobbyists, the time, even the New York Nazi Times has uh, an article uh, talking about Biden his intimates are all uh, uh, lobbyists, and many of them uh, with uh, Facebook, Amazon, uh, you know, Apple, and uh, what's the other one? <laughs> yeah, isn't, it, isn't it funny that like during this whole event over the past six months that these major corporations have been able to stay open and all the mom and pop shops had to get shut down, and that was especially prominent in New York. I mean, isn't that funny? <laughs> um, well... You know, all this money that has been given out to for the uh, American enterprises and entrepreneurs, uh, it looks to me like they still haven't us a list of who got the billions of dollars. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's uh, like Yale and Harvard who have endowments of billions uh, were shamed into giving the money back. They took it. They took it. They they did. The scummy uh, money raisers uh, went out and uh, applied for it and got it, and now they have to give it back. And, right. But uh, there are thousands of uh, billionaires who aren't giving it back, or millionaires, or big corporations. Right. <laughs> we couldn't even get our bank to respond. We've been with J.P. Morgan Bank uh, 50 years and uh, couldn't get anything. We uh, Nothing. They never even <laughs> – nothing. Wow. <laughs> Eventually, uh we got a few crumbs. But, uh, Who doesn't like a few crumbs? <laughs> um, so let's let's get off the uh, politics because we all know where it's all heading. It's not looking good. <laughs> let's dive into something a little more positive. Um, so let's just say we have a viewer out there. Hey, what, would be, what would be positive if uh, would be if if, uh, if settle for Biden uh, gets uh, elected and then he croaks and let Kamala run the country? I think uh, that might be good. That might she might kick out the uh, entrenched. Uh, I got bad news. I got bad news for you. I got bad news for you. She's a bigger smart. grifter than she's any of the other smart. ones. <laughs> she changed her. She changed. Anyway, let's talking, just say. Let's talk about something else. Yeah, she changed her stance on Medicare for all seven times in uh, the last year. So. <laughs> I don't really. Go. I don't really think she's going to be any better, but. Let's yeah. Let's move on. Exactly yeah. what Luke said. What, what were you? What was so your let's say let's say we have a fan out there or a possible fan who's never seen your body work. Um, what would you describe your films like? How would you describe your your films to them if they had never seen them? What would you say your main? Well, uh, here is the Toxic Avenger made in. Uh, this movie was made in nineteen eighty three. And it's been a huge influence on, uh, you can see the high-tech uh, stuffing here. Uh, uh, the point is, uh, we make movies of the future. Mm -hmm. We make movies that uh, change the world a little bit. 
and uh, just talk to the guys who directed Deadpool. They talk about trauma entertainment all the time and what a big influence it was on them. So I think that if somebody wants to have an adventure in the cinema, that's where you go. You go to trauma. If you love uh, Tromeo and Juliet, uh, you may hate hashtag return to Shakespeare shitstorm, but you'll never forget the Citizen Toxic, the Toxic Avenger Part Four, mm-hmm. and and uh, you will have a ride. You'll go on a ride. Uh, you'll have some true emotion. Most of the mainstream stuff we get today is uh, baby food, and you can live on baby food, but it's very boring. And great art is supposed to stimulate emotion. Right. Up, down, sideways, optimism, pessimism, psychedelia, whatever. But that's what art is supposed to come from the heart and the soul and the brain of the uh, creator. And Lloyd so, is not um, kidding when he says, uh, you'll never forget Toxic Avenger Part 4. Uh, that was one of the first trauma movies I actually saw. Uh, I was quite young, and I probably shouldn't have seen it. Uh, but it really sticks with you. In particular, it, it opens with a uh, school shooting at a special needs school. Perfect. Uh, Great. <laughs> so I remember I remember, I had rented, I think, Cannibal the Musical from like back when there were video stores. And uh, yeah, I was watching That's that. Great record. Yeah, and I, I looked in the little insert and I saw like other movies and the cover of Toxic Avenger really appealed to me. Uh, so I think I, I either ordered it from, from you guys directly or I bought it on eBay or something. And uh, I was probably nine. I was probably nine years old when I saw that, <laughs> and uh, it definitely, well, yeah, it definitely stuck with me. Yeah. So branching off of that, well, look at you. you. You seem okay to me. Yeah. Uh, I don't see you. Uh, well, you're seeing him through the computer. Terrible. I'm looking at him in person, and it's a nightmare. <laughs> branching off, <laughs> would you would, would you describe your style almost like a little bit rebellious? Like because it's like a school shooting at a special needs school. It's almost like, okay, you shouldn't <laughs> you like caught, like most people be like, you shouldn't do that. But like your style seems like, no, I'm going to do that. Like, it's almost like rebellious. Like a, like you don't tell me what to do. I'm going to do whatever the fuck I want. And I like that. I really respect that. Well, that's what Trey Parker and Matt Stone loved. Yeah. And, um, they made cannibal a musical. Uh, we, uh, we helped them with it. Mm-hmm. Um, they hadn't finished it, but, um, <laughs> The, the point is that what they do is like trauma satire, except since it's cartoons, uh, when Kenny has his uh, arms eaten off by rats, it's yeah. acceptable. And it's on it's on uh, Viacom's uh, Comic, Comedy Central. Yeah. Uh, and it's actually the only funny thing that's on uh, Comedy Central. <laughs> I, as as I can tell. I'll die on the hill that those two are <laughs> yeah, like... The They're most geniuses. iconic comedy no geniuses no in my lifetime. I I love South Park. Half of my sense of yeah. humor comes from growing up watching South Park. I respect those guys so much. So, like I, I I'm like when I heard you worked with them, I was so excited. I was like, that's awesome. Well, they are big fans of Troma. I'm in a couple of their movies, and uh, mm. they're in Terra Firmer too. If you see Terra Firmer. They're on the on the uh, Blu-ray. Uh, they're in the. Uh, uh, it's a kind of an extra thing on the Blu-ray. Right. What is it like but working it with them? Uh, like they brainstorming and Lemmy, stuff. They, and Lemmy, they do a uh, Trey and Matt and Lemmy from Motorhead do a uh, public service announcement to support hermaphrodites, and uh, um, that probably wouldn't go over too well today in the uh, golden age of, of transsexual. Uh, 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 events well yeah they but, went they but, went to a red carpet it, on acid and dresses right like that would not fly today 
it reflects the in which you live. Oscar Wilde was a great satirist. Mm-hmm. The importance of being earnest is a wonderful satirical play that's every bit as pertinent today as it was in the mid-19th century. Or whenever Wilde lived. Uh, I only know about Olivia Wilde, yeah. who I don't particularly care for. You hear that, Olivia? <laughs> She's a big fan of the podcast. But meanwhile, she was promoting the post Oh, Lloyd's a little choppy here. Yeah, we're having a little technical difficulties with the off. audio. We can't shut off anymore. With her poster, directed by pedophile. Oh. Well, if you want to do, we can do this another time too, if you want. Maybe just take it off full screen, and then you can download the video after and put it's it in. Great with you guys. No matter what you're wearing, See? I'm still going to have a huge heart on. <laughs> That's the way we like it here in LA. Yeah. Me too, Lloyd. Flip it up into the waistband. <laughs> <laughs> That's my that's my strategy. <laughs> um, Sounds good. <laughs> okay, so let's get into uh, the film. Yeah, I want to ask okay. you a couple other because you've worked with a lot with a lot of uh, a lot of uh, really influential people over the years. You've worked with uh, the South Park guys, Stan Lee. Um, who was like? Is there was there ever a moment where you were almost starstruck with like who you were working with? The only. T- I can remember, uh, you know, as you might surmise, called Mad Magazine, which was a huge influence on my uh, brain Mm -hmm. from the time I learned to read. I loved Mad Magazine, and I especially loved Don Martin, who had two characters named uh, Epic. What the hell? uh, What the hell were they called? They had two characters, and. was called. Anyway, they would do. They, they would have uh, little noises to make and uh, that kind of stuff. But it would be on the in, on you know in a balloon. <laughs> who who they? Co- oh, I'm looking at. I'm looking it up right now. And uh, they would have uh, little noises to meet him at uh, at uh, when we were when we at one of the comic you know that kind of stuff. Right, because Stan Lee knew that I was a fan of uh, Don Martin, so uh, I was starstruck, and uh, you know, and I was like, I'm such a fan, and uh, and he was like, huh, okay, see you around. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, to him it was. Yeah, to him it was just another day. To you, it was like, oh shit. Uh, yeah, that was. But uh, I do is why sent me a. A, a, a collectible magazine with which he signed to me, which somewhere in my archives, the uh, University of Oklahoma, which is now Indian territory, right? Yeah, and uh, uh, the American. In fact, talking about Lee, he's the one that told me to his uh, archives, University of Oklahoma and uh, American Institute. And uh, American Institute, yeah, that's, I think that's what it's called. And uh, mine are there Delicious. too, although I don't really have any archives. I just send boxes of uh, random opposites. Stanley was very, 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 very organized. I've been for more than 50 years, and the opposite. I'm a total mess. Right. 
Um, yeah, we just went through some more technical difficulties there. <laughs> I, I heard, I heard, I heard the the bro, like the the meat and Bro. potatoes of it. Yeah, I, I, but yeah. So Stan, yeah. So Stan Lee, uh, he, he helped you with the Toxic did. Avenger. Right? Well, he sure did. Yeah, he's the one who made it into a comic book. Yeah, thank you, Stan. But he and I go back to my right after I hooked him up. I discovered I didn't get comic books as a kid. And um, uh, people next door to me at Yale had uh, a big stack of Marvel, Spider-Man, and the Fantastic Four. Kind of. I, mean, I, I go back to my but after Yale, I was uh, blown away by it. I got more out of that than my Yale education. Spider <laughs> College, and uh, we hit it off. He was not Stan Lee at that point. That was like 1968. And um, but we became. I did some writing. Uh, he had an and. And uh, we actually optioned it a couple of times, uh, but it never got. What can you do? Mm-hmm. Right. But we also did it. We did uh, another script uh, called uh, Con Man uh, from 1989 or 90 about a corrupt U.S. congressman who become kind of a hero. And uh, the, the pen is mightier than the sword, that kind of weapons. Giants, giant pieces of parchment and uh, the U.S. Constitution and stuff <laughs> like that or his weapons. Yeah, I like that. But, I've, uh, I've actually never, never got it made. Stan tried to get it to... Uh, huh? No, you... you. Sorry, continue. He tried yeah. to get uh, in front of Jim Carrey. Yeah, he, ah. he would have been a good character I to do that we, we Let's, why don't we do yeah, we might have to do this I another agree. time when we figure out the internet. Unfortunately, I've got a minutes, I think, and I don't want anybody. I've been trying to text Tom to, to put it off, but I think I'm stuck now. So please, because I, I don't want to – these other people are waiting. Okay. Yeah. No, this yeah, next for week. sure. We can, uh, weekend. we can schedule in. Make do you want to do it on the, on the cast? Make it into two. Yeah, we'll do a two-part. Make it into two chapters. Oh, here he there is. We go. Lloyd. There we go. Oh, hi, Luke. Hello. I'm here with Jake. Hey, Jake. Hello, hello. I love the hat. Oh, oh I can take it off if you like. No, no. Uh, you can, what, whatever you prefer. Pardon? Whatever you prefer. If you want it on, leave it on. I like it. No, no. I'm indoors. I should take it off. I was outside for a second. <laughs> okay. So, so mm-hmm. I'm just going to do a quick intro. So, everyone, um, about two weeks ago, we had Lloyd uh, on the podcast. Unfortunately, there was a big Wi-Fi problem. I don't know on whose end. We'll do the finger pointing after, but we got him back. Thank Christ. He's here in the flesh. His movie's premiered since then. So, Lloyd, tell everyone how you're feeling since the big premiere date. Feeling pretty good. The premiere of hashtag Shakespeare Shitstorm uh, was uh, uh, sold out. Uh, the fifteen hundred tickets, uh, whatever they had, and uh, big, uh, ba- very nice uh, reviews. Uh, yeah, Lloyd, we, we had a uh, we had a little watch party. We had about ten of us who uh, watched it on the premiere, and yeah, it was it was really awesome. It was um, it was good to see you know some of the old uh, trauma tropes and kind of a fresh perspective. But everyone had a great time. We we loved the movie. And it was uh, it was really fun seeing Luke and I there, there in our little cameo scene with Ming. Yay! Well, thank you for helping us, and uh, thank you for watching and spreading the uh, 
the word. Uh, there's about six uh, festivals coming up, and then uh, maybe we'll be able to start with theaters when they reopen. I don't know. Yeah, do you want to shout out some of those uh, festivals that it's going to be uh, playing at? Well, uh, the uh, Slash Festival, which is uh, in Austria, in Vienna, it's the most important uh, German festival. And, uh, of course, Etrange, which is the most important French, well, genre festival, uh, Etrange. And then uh, there's one in Siberia. I can't pronounce the name, but um, <laughs> uh, underground festival, very underground. Um, and um, two or three others. Uh, I just can't remember them right now. So, Lloyd, one thing I wanted to ask is uh, when I was watching the film, it felt um, it felt very uh, reflective uh, on, on your years as a filmmaker overall. And I'm just wondering um, how maybe has your perspective on filmmaking changed since you began uh, in the 60s? And uh, how does that kind of play out in this film? That's a good question, actually. Um, you know, you're not the, for a lot of people said that this. Oops, sorry. I'm just trying to get this slightly. <laughs> well, go nod, Sean. We, we want to see the good stuff. Like. <laughs> yeah. Keep going lower, lower, lower. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing left. I'm married for 47 years. <laughs> too much. Um, the, uh, yeah, there's a melancholy. Uh, you know, I waited till I was old to, to play uh, and to interpret Tempest because it's about losing power, right? Prospero and Shakespeare's... Uh, show uh, he's uh, kicked out of his uh, province. He's ruined and he, ha he has to flee for his life. His own brother uh, goes against him and uh, so he has to flee and then he he plots his brutal revenge. So I play Prospero and uh, uh, I'm ruined by uh, political correctness and the corruption of mainstream uh, pharmaceutical industry and I must uh, flee to Tromerville, New Jersey uh, and uh, they're uh, using magic uh, and uh, brutal vengeance uh, have a big comeback. Yeah. Or at least uh, extract, uh, <laughs> extract some vengeance. <laughs> and The Tempest is a wonderful play. It's, it's druggy. It's, uh, it's got a monster. It's uh, magical. You know, I can relate to it. Because it was the, uh, my favorite uh, Shakespearean play from the time I was about eight uh, forever. I wanted to wait till I was felt more like Prospero. That's why we did Romeo and Juliet back in the uh, in the nineties with James Gunn and uh, Lemmy and all the others who were in there. Well, and the thing I gotta say to anyone who might be watching is like, what a fun time the movie was. Um, like, I can't remember the last time like I I just had that much fun watching a movie. Like, you the the passion and the creativity you and your team have really shows uh, in the film. Well, thank you very much, and uh, thank you uh, for uh, being part of it. And uh, the, the secret weapon is trauma for 48 years has been fan-fueled. And uh, you fans, really, everybody on the hashtag Shakespeare Shitstorm set, editing room, CGI, everybody was uh, acting, everybody was a, a really loyal, or should I say loyal uh, fan. <laughs> and um, the, uh, it was such a pleasure to make that movie. It was hard as hell because it's a 500, you know, it's a, a, a $500,000 movie that uh, basically is a $50 million movie with <laughs> a couple of thousand people and period pieces and singing and dancing and monsters and transitions and 
major, major CGI by a big time Hollywood guy. And I mean, there's, and not to mention the magnificent uh, results of uh, irritable bowel syndrome on behalf of the largest mammal on this big blue marble we call Earth. <laughs> well, and we were the assholes who um, got a little cameo and then we decided to get you to act in something, which is coming out this week. But in the midst of all that chaos in the bar scene, we had you do a little cameo in our... <laughs> Our short sketch, I can only imagine where your head was at that time. Well, uh, you were good directors. You you know, uh, it's all about the director. Yeah. I do it. I believe in the director, the French uh, auteur theory of cinema, that uh, it's, uh, you know, the actors can contribute, but it's really the director must give his, her, or, or, or their uh spirit and uh, heart and brain to the uh, movie in terms of acting that was you not i right in terms of acting lloyd is that something you're you're passionate about because you've amassed like if you look on your imdb there's you know almost 400 credits um is acting something you over the years have gotten more passionate about or do you just like to support indie filmmakers and cameo in their things like we really appreciate having you in our film and uh i'm just wondering like is it something you're very passionate about or is it more so to help uh, up and coming filmmakers? Uh, I think it's partly that uh, after we became successful, Michael Hurz and I wanted to dedicate ourselves more to the uh, trying to raise the profile of independent cinema, uh, of truly independent cinema, because we saw the uh, consolidation and the corruption of the uh, the government uh, and the media cartel uh, conspiracy to put everybody else out of business. So um, we wanted to support as much as we could independent art. And uh, to that extent, if somebody wants me to be in a movie and they have no money, uh, I'll be in the movie. Also, on a selfish side, um, the movies I've been in, uh, for the most part, are um, most of them are digital and um, I've learned a lot on set of young digital filmmakers, and I have actually shot and produced quite a number of short make-your-own-damn-movie uh, uh, lessons for my make-your-own-damn-movie masterclass, which uh, I've given all over the world from Oxford to uh, Russia. Uh, so, so it's a quite a uh, – and also, if I'm in a movie, the trauma fans are very, very active, and uh, that's our – I mean, Troma's fan-fueled. We wouldn't be here. Uh, it's our fans who do everything, including uh, investing in our movies. Uh, uh, in fact, the one fan just gave us about 10% of the budget of Shakespeare Shitstorm just because, uh, hashtag Shakespeare Shitstorm, just because uh, they were uh, fans and they didn't even want a piece of the film. Wow. Uh, they were just patrons of the art. So our fans are shooting our movies, acting in our movies, uh, and if I'm in a film by uh, a new young filmmaker and he or she or they go to a festival or a convention, there'll be people buying because people collect uh, anything trauma or anything Uncle Lloyd. So oh. it's, it can help the, uh, the, the emerging filmmaker. And then the people like Eli Roth and James Gunn and uh, others uh, have stick, stuck me in their big time movies and uh, Sometimes I get paid, but usually I don't because the budgets are very tiny. And and last time you were on, the YouTube channel was going through a bit of a kerfuffle. Has that been figured out, or are they still um, jamming one up here? 
Yeah, that was pretty interesting. Uh, YouTube removed our channel. Uh, now, we had a channel there since YouTube began. Uh, had about 300 free movies and 700,000 subscribers. I think there were 800,000. And YouTube said community standards, uh, and they kicked us off. But our fans got very uh, uh, angry, and uh, they did a lot of uh, campaigning. And they uh, came up with the hashtag free traumas free channel, and then the at YouTube, and then and then hashtag and then hashtag uh, uh, hashtag Shakespeare shitstorm, and uh, that must have uh, done the trick because uh, uh, when my daughter and my best friend created, they only give you if you want to appeal having your channel deleted. You get, I think it's 91 words or something. 91, and, yeah. We've had that. We've had that on this channel with the uh, video. So, yeah, it's like 91. And the, and the, uh, my daughter, Lily Hayes, and uh, Roger Kirby, uh, my oldest friend and a lawyer, he, uh, wrote, they wrote up a, an appeal which was immediately rejected, like two hours later. And then wow. the, um, then another, then another nasty email came from YouTube. And then the fans got very active. So I assume that there was enough fan up, uh, uprising so that some human robot at uh, YouTube human uh, robot. <laughs> there was something going on here and maybe uh, they kicked out the wrong people. Yeah. Uh, because, I mean, community standards, Choma and I have been honored from uh, Egypt to, to England, you know, from yeah. from Scandinavia to South America, all over the world, the Cinematheque Francaise, the American Cinematheque, American Film Institute. I could go on for an hour of, uh, of, of museums like the Museum of Modern Art or the Museum of the Moving Image that have all honored us and, and, and premiered our movies or shown our movies or done tributes and retrospectives. So I don't know what community standard they were talking about. I think there was... <laughs> They listen to the fans. Yeah. So thank, well, thank you, fans. Thank God you have enough fans to get you out of that hole. Like I can, we had this conversation last time. I couldn't imagine being Jake or I. We have about two thousand subscribers. We'd be, we'd be fucked if our channel yeah. went away. I mean, I don't know what we would do. We wouldn't have any hashtag save fun uncle. <laughs> well, maybe uh, if it happens again, let me know, and I'll sick the trauma. You, you got to unleash the trauma army on them. <laughs> yeah. the, uh, the army, the trauma army. Yeah. There is a, a, a on Twitter. There is a, somebody or buddies called uh, at uh, trauma, the trauma uh, at trauma army, right? And there is quite a number of uh, groups I think that uh, support us and know that we're uh, being uh, you know pretty much put out of business by the combination of U.S. federal federal communications Commit, uh, commission and the. Uh, giant uh, devil-worshipping international uh, media conglomerates yep. which are getting worse and worse. I believe you. <laughs> um, I'm right there with you on that one. Um, yeah, so uh, Jake has a little game he whipped together. Uh, it's called Naked or Not, Lloyd. So we're going to screen share with you, and I'm just going to let him load this up. He's going to sit in my spot here. Yeah, we're going to swap here. This is a game we some we play with guests and basically the objective is I'm going to show you and Luke, uh, Luke has never seen this, a zoomed-in photo, and you have to decide what the context might be and whether the person is naked or not in the photo. So it's kind of a guessing game. So this is naked or not. So again, I'm going to so show you a zoomed-in image, and you guys need to decide whether or not the individual in the image is naked. All right, so here's number one. 
So just look at the face and, and Lloyd, if you have any immediate thoughts at what the context might be or who this person might be, feel free to, to say cool. them. Luke, what do you think here about this person? I think she's had a few cocktails. She might be a little tipsy. Uh, she had a good night out with some friends. Maybe she got a little loose. There's a very good chance she could be naked, but I think it's a it's only one half. It's either jugs okay. or... Okay. Lloyd, how about you? What do you think uh, here? What do you think? Are you feeling naked or not? Uh, somehow, I just think that uh, Nancy Pelosi would not uh, be naked on uh, any point. <laughs> okay. All right. Let's move on to number two. We got this gentleman here. What do we think here? What are our thoughts? Uh, the Rock. Uh <laughs> Is that Dwayne Johnson? Uh, <laughs> I'm yeah. uh, I would say, yeah, uh, I'd say he could be naked. Yes. Okay. What activities do you think he's doing right now? <laughs> well, I, he could be. Uh, where are you guys located? We're in Canada. Oh, Canada. Okay, because there's a club. The official trauma nightclub is called Club Cobra in Los Angeles, and. Um, uh, I very often uh, uh, put their uh, wonderful photographs on my uh, the male dancers on my. Uh, oh yeah. Story. Uh, he looks like he might be of that, uh, you know, magnificent uh, godlike uh, body. You think right. he's got a good body, eh? Oh my God! Yeah, <laughs> just, I'm already hard just thinking. About it. <laughs> How about well, you? Luke? I just want to point out that he is half lit. Very beautiful lighting here. It's a very professional looking, whatever the photo is, it's, 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 it looks planned. Right? Someone's going to take one. Yeah. That's what I think. Okay. Well, that's why I thought maybe he was working at Cub Cobra, dancing at <laughs> Cub, Cub, Club Cobra. Although I don't think they have any bottom uh, uh, nudity. I don't think you can see the. Oh, schlongs. that's a shame. I mean, you can, but you have to do it sort of privately. Right. Uh, and uh, our, one of our alumnus, Marty Sokol, began two clubs in L.A. One is Cobra and one is Chico. Shout out, Marty. We have the opening night parties there, and it's quite a lovely experience. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this is number three. What do we think here? Well, wishful thinking takes over here. So uh, <laughs> I say uh, naked, maybe not above the waist, but definitely below the waist. I okay. I feel like she looks like she's the villain in Little Mermaid, <laughs> real life version. Um, oh, well, I'm sorry. I I, I uh, incorrectly identified the gender here. Uh, that's a lady. Uh, I mean, it's hard to say without the full context. I made this a while ago. Yeah. So I, Lloyd, on this podcast, we tend to stay away from uh, that. <laughs> The uh, the gender identity stuff because who knows I mean it's a it's a really open world these days so it could be anything it's right? a very important issue very very important and uh, that's why uh, Shakespeare was extremely interested in that and uh, we had to include it in our uh, hashtag Shakespeare shitstorm it's a very important theme of the movie exactly um, okay all right now. oh wait I, did I say oh. I, I don't think I think uh, I, I think I think clothes. Close. Okay, here's number four. There are six total, just oh. to, and then you guys will get a chance to review and make your final guesses. This really speaks so to... So this is number four here. This really speaks to the U.S. right now. Little cop-on-cop cop attack. I don't... I don't think uh, naked, no. I wouldn't... I would guess not naked, even though it looks like it might be there to throw you off, but... I don't know. That guy looks too much like the uh, guy in Crank. 
I don't recall. Oh, it, Jason Statham. I like uh, I like where your mind went, Lloyd. Like I like that you went, you know, thinking I might be trying to throw you guys off because that could very well be the case. Yeah, this could be tactical training. This could be real world experience. Someone so, just snagged the so photo. So both of you think not. Naked. I'm going for sure porn scene. Oh, you think it is naked? Someone's okay. yeah. Okay. Oh. Number five. Oh. Is that Lloyd? <laughs> that could be. Uh... Uh, yeah, I think that's when I played uh, Antoinette in uh, Hansel Shaker Shitstorm. <laughs> the, uh, right. Antoinette uh, at the end of her. Uh, I like how it. I like how darkly lit this place is. Like it, like yeah, she's in a gutter. Yeah, <laughs> well, beautiful uh, window or something behind her. Yeah, <laughs> very traditional window frame. Yeah, yeah, I guess there's nudity there. Yeah, okay, I would guess so. Uh, that is a. That, that one, I believe, me. is. I, I think I can confirm that one. Not Mr. Peepers. <laughs> That's not Mr. Peepers, right? <laughs> <laughs> Who's, oh. uh, I'm going to have to go naked. I feel like you went on a naked frenzy here. All right. And this is our final photo, <laughs> number six. <laughs> if he, well, Jake, if he's not... <laughs> Naked, naked. He's definitely thinking about being naked. Yeah, there's a for me. There's a ninety-five percent chance that his hand is wrapped tighter on his cock. <laughs> He's in the wilderness. I don't I know. Like to be, I would like to be that hand. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let me see. Come on, Lloyd. Right. Well, Lloyd, what you think? He's naked. Yes, I hope so. Again. Okay. All right. So this is a summary. So I want to hear from you both the numbers that you think are naked. So Luke, we'll start with you. Uh, we have numbers one to six. Which ones do you think are naked? I think one, two, four, six, five. Everything but three. Okay. okay. Everything but three. Lloyd, how about you? I'd say five, <laughs> six, two. Four, just because it's so uh, counterintuitive, and one, and then three only naked below the waist. I would say. So you you think they're it's a sweep? You think they're all naked? I think it's a royal flush. Oh, oh baby. all right. Well, here we go. We're gonna start. paper. We're gonna start, and I I do gotta caution you, Lloyd. I know you're not a fan of nudity, and there there may be some uh, coming up. So. Uh, well, don't, I hope I don't get triggered. <laughs> All right, so here's number one. Not naked. Wow. Oh, man. Not nice. naked. That was a nice one. <laughs> I, I do want to comment, though. It, it's very, I, I'm curious what's going on here because it appears all three of them have a black eye. It looks like there's a gun on the bride's uh, lap there. So, what, what kind of event do we think this is? I mean, a wedding. No, it's somewhat celebratory because there's a, a bottle of beer, very elegant. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, and then 40, 40. What, uh, what would. Oh, I, maybe a 40th birthday. 40th birthday 40th mixed in with 4th of July, yeah. maybe. Yeah. Well, on the other hand, the, the, the woman on the left uh, has that veil, which would indicate a wedding. Right. So. Maybe it's Halloween. Maybe, or could it be some kind of shotgun wedding with the gun? Right, yeah. yeah. It could be. It could be. Right. All right, we're going to move on. To beautiful number. photograph, and congratulations to all of those beautiful women. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. They deserve to be celebrated. All right, moving on. Number two, naked. <laughs> oh, we knew that. 
We knew that. Wow, that's really I, uh, who's, a, who's the little one? <laughs> no, he snuck he, in he there. Talked, I, I, I particularly enjoy the size difference in both body and cock of the of these two. Well, <laughs> one is the son of the other one. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> it's a nice family photo, maybe. Father-son time. It's the Father's Day. Well, you weren't wrong. The man on the right, the both of them are pretty yoked. So that's good news. Yeah. Fabulous. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to number Lloyd's two. new film's out. Uh <laughs> yeah, hashtag Shakespeare uh, shitstorm. I wish we knew some of these folks. <laughs> <laughs> Special effects. <laughs> By the way, uh, there's a, a company, a wonderful company called Bad Dragon. Okay. And they make adult boys. And they uh, also uh, gave us uh, money uh, to help make this movie. Just contributed. Yeah, they, Luke, I, Luke and I saw a, some of their toys on the set the day we arrived. There was a there was a bunch oh, of them yeah, all over there. That's yeah, right. yeah. What was it? Sorry, they were like dragon dildos. Like oh, alien and dragon sex toys. But they, but they also make the uh, normal, you know, the regular ones that uh, right. you know I use. And um, <laughs> the uh, I don't use. I you know I I can't tell you where I use them. But the uh, um, they bring me out to to Las Vegas once a year to sign. They have a big booth at the AVN, which, as you know, is a uh, the, uh, the slam poetry convention of the United States. And they have me come out and uh, do signatures for them and do a little interpretive dancing. Well, know, that sort of stuff. it's funny that you mentioned dildos and butt plugs. And I was actually thinking about doing a Guy Fieri uh, rendition of uh, dildos, butt plugs, and vibes and just touring across the U.S., so... I might keep you in yeah, mind. Right. In fact, a guy there is a uh, butt plug, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, <laughs> isn't he uh, one of our greatest butt plugs of uh, American history? Uh, I think so. <laughs> the hair really works. Uh, the hair kind of cleans the area as its head is going up his own ass. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving up, moving along. This is number three. Wow. Sorry, Lloyd. She's oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Uncle Lloyd, he got it right. Oh, you, I, I well, you know what? It, it's a it's a tough call because her her pants are uh, they are unbuttoned there. So goodbye, Ella. <laughs> so oh, oh, I'm sorry, sorry. So technically, she is naked. What what do you think of how she's uh, she's resting her body there on that uh, stump? Well, I'd say uh, Louis Pasteur, the great scientist, said there is an easy solution, a simple solution to every problem. So here you have it. Uh, what, what am I going to do with my stomach? Where, oh, look, here's a fence post. And, uh, with a little luck, I can insert the fence post into the uh, where the dildo goes. Yeah, you don't want to stay there too long because you might just uh, get stuck to that old post. Yep. Well, you, you know, you don't know. That's the that's the exciting part of being a <laughs> That's one of so life's, one of life's great event. wonders. All right, moving on. Oh, naked. oh, oh. <laughs> See, it, it is from Cranks. <laughs> I know it. That's what's this, the British guy, right? Yeah, Jason Statham. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. By the way, uh, if you'd like to see me in action, one of my finest acting performances, uh, I was in Crank 2 with, uh, with Neville Dean Taylor directing. And um, it just off, I'm just off frame. Uh, playing the part of a, like a, a guy with a, a hard hat on. 
That's and, right. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, <laughs> I think it's featured on the Make Your Own Damn Movie box set or something. I I, oh, I saw your behind what? the scenes on that. Yeah. Oh, actually, you you weren't involved. You weren't involved with this scene though, were you? <laughs> yeah, I was just off frame. I had oh, a, and that. I had a couple of good lines. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> a hard hat. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just glad that they're wearing protection. Yeah, I mean, it's this all... scene could have gone way away from them if they didn't have protection on. So. This is all about safe sex. You know, it's a good message for the kids. Cranks. That's no. uh, in addition to wearing a mask, you should always wear your. Uh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> all right, moving along to our next photo. Naked. Oh, <laughs> oh my. Well, uh, I do see some uh, camel foot, so uh, camel toe. Right. That's her- this, this is nakedness. This is not. We had better. Actually, this is more disturbing than anything. In, uh, <laughs> Hashtag <laughs> it, it really is disturbing. I had a real struggle whether to include it's, this one because it is gross. It's haunting. Yeah, that's just that's just the beauty of life, though. Yeah. I like the stern look on her face. Well, it looks more like she's reflecting on something, right? <laughs> in the zone, don't it's, you think? Right. It's one of those beautiful things where it's like, it's a bitch to look at, but it's a, you want to keep looking. You, yeah. know, you don't want to turn away and miss something. Yeah. Look how dark her uh, knuckles are. <laughs> well, I think she's been thinking about uh, Thelma and Louise, probably, and... Uh, <laughs> Uh, you know, she's kidding. She didn't get the ending. Right, know? right. She's really, yeah, yeah, totally. Well, Jake, thank you so well, much for one that. One more, I think. Oh, okay. Maybe not. Yep. Naked. Oh, he does have his hand wrapped around his cock. I told you. That is terrific. That is great. <laughs> that's great. And that's, uh, that, that hand of his, Lloyd, it looks strikingly similar to a, a scene in uh, Hashtag Shakespeare Shitstorm where. Uh, that is, that yeah. is correct, a spoiler alert, but uh, very true. Yeah. And uh, what really tops it off is that the uh, Stanley Cup champion banner is uh, kind of right over his uh, left shoulder. Uh, and, uh, he's so a, I see that he is indeed a champion. He's actually the, the official mascot of the Toronto Maple Leafs hockey team. <laughs> <laughs> he's getting the fuck out of here. <laughs> All right. I'm going to swap with Luke and let him take back over in the hot seat here. Well, this Thank is uh, very exciting, I have to say. And uh, beautiful, beautiful stuff. Thank you, Jake. I'll stop the screen sharing for now. Yep. We have Very one. Yeah. Um, Thank, you. Thank you for that. So we have, we have, um, I want to ask you something before we hop into, we have a little video that we want to play you because we have a little BTS from your uh, most recent movie Then we thought we'd spoil you with. Um, I want to ask you, how did you get into filmmaking exactly? I feel like that's a, it's a, Crazy question for some people. I know my journey was pretty nuts, but what was yours like? I made the mistake of going to Yale University. I was going to be a social worker or a teacher, you know, social worker, teach people with hooks for hands out of finger paint, (laughs) stuff like that. Uh, But I got stuck in a room my freshman year with a movie nut who ran the Yale Film Society. And I started to dribble into the uh, auditorium where they were showing auteur-type films, John Ford, Howard Hawks, uh, Samuel Fuller, Lenny Riefenstahl, 
Dan Brackage, blah, blah, blah. And uh, one night I was watching Ernst Lubitsch's To Be or Not To Be. And uh, I decided right there in the, uh, I got so it's, you know, hooked on movies that I decided there in the dark that I would uh, give what I have to the movie going public. Bye, Anna. Have a nice evening. Thank you so much. And uh, uh, so uh, if you want to blame, I decided that I didn't want to teach the people with hooks for hands how to finger paint or uh, teach the bums how to paint happy faces on beads. I wanted to film them. Right. So uh, I decided there and then it was as easy as getting out of the easy, the lazy chair and going to the refrigerator and cracking open a beer. And what, just, what was, was the... What was it about? Because because I would argue that that Lubitsch is is very far removed from from trauma. Uh, what was it about to be or not to be that that inspired you or, or had made you have that moment of realization? Well, I majored in Chinese studies at Yale, and uh, the big takeaway for me from Chinese studies was the uh, Taoism, a, a kind of you you dualistic universe with the you have beauty and ugliness together. You can't have good without evil. They come. They come together. The oyster gets a uh, piece of sand stuck in its uh, behind and uh, very painful, and but it produces this magnificent uh, pearl. So uh, for me, uh, that was a big takeaway. And uh, uh, um, Lubitsch is the same way. His movies are crazy. At least this one was. And yet perfectly organized, beautifully uh, disciplined and you know, just a masterpiece of well-thought-out uh, genius Right. at the same time as being uh, wacky as hell, so you're not really aware of it uh, being uh, organized uh, in Germ with German-like, Austrian-like precision. So if you want to blame somebody for trauma, go to the grave of Ernst Lubitsch, Jack Benny, and Robert <laughs> Stack, and Carol Lombard, and take a dump. <laughs> Take a big greasy shit. And what was your? What was your? Like I know for me, me and Luke, right, or Luke and I, right now, we kind of have an Im Im image, bleh, images in our head of like what we want to make as a movie. Uh, you know, we we know we want it comedy. We kind of have a broad image. Did you start out with with kind of a vision of like I know this is the type of movie I want to make? Like, was it the trauma style from the start, or was that something that kind of evolved over time as you made films? No, it was always uh, comedy, which is not a smart thing, by the way, gentlemen, because comedy is uh, the most local. Comedy is like Blue Apron. You know Blue Apron uh, subscription? Yep. You get meals, gourmet meals uh, for about $8 a person, uh, but, but they give you all the ingredients, it's, and it's uh, terrific. It's a subscription thing. Uh, it's sort of like that, you know. Um, uh, it's uh, got all the ingredients sort of there. And uh, uh, no, sorry, Blue Apron uh, gets all its food uh, locally. So if you're in, in Ohio, you'll be getting uh, opioid uh, infused tomatoes that are right outside Cincinnati. If you're in New York, you know, you get the uh, <laughs> you get the, uh, the, uh, the you get uh, crack in your tomatoes. <laughs> yeah, crack. But anyway, you know what I'm talking about. The point is it's local and comedy is local. What's funny in uh, Canada, in perhaps Toronto or Montreal, is not funny in uh, Arizona or Italy or Russia or 
Uh, you know, we've been lucky for most part because our movies appeal to young people and they are indeed uh, speaking English all over the world and they, uh, you know, seem to appreciate our comedy, although we're a very cult, classical cult uh, movie studio. We have a small but extremely active and loyal following. You know, Taylor Swift has probably 8 million people on Twitter. Troma, just on Twitter alone, we, we have all in all, Troma has maybe a thousand people out there on all our social and Twitter and Instagram and my fan site. Right. Well, like what you were saying with um, the comedy aspect, like some things are different in different places. Well, now we're being told like what is and isn't funny. And now it's kind of like you can't laugh at this. And now everything's going to be within this realm. And it's kind of fucking up comedy, in my opinion. Like, I'm Oh, yeah. Well, that's a big theme of uh, hashtag Shakespeare shitstorm. We have freedom of speech as long as we don't say anything. Mm -hmm. Right. <laughs> you know, and I think that was what was really refreshing, honestly, when I watched the movie was I don't remember the last time I saw a movie that, like, pushed the envelope that far. And I felt like it was okay. Like there are certain people like the South Park guys or like Troma or whatever who are kind of grandfathered in where like you can get away with just doing what you find funny, which m me as a comedian, I, I, find, I think whatever's funny should be funny and you have to accept, you know, how people might perceive it, but you, you do what's funny. Whereas with big studio movies, they, they can't quite get away with that because of the studio system. So it was really refreshing watching Hashtag Shakespeare's Shitstorm because you just put, you could tell like in the writing, it was just whatever made you laugh ended up going in. Well, uh, you know, uh, the brilliance of South Park is that, and, you know, we discovered them uh, with the Cannibal the Musical. And um, the brilliance is that they took our kind of Monty Python influenced cartoon violence, but they took it into animation so they could get away with a lot more, uh, uh, you know, pretty serious issues, especially in the early, in the mid nineties when we, uh, when they started and when we, we met them, I think in 94 and helped them with Cannibal the Musical to finish it. And, uh, you know, the fact that real people are doing things like you see in hashtag Shakespeare shitstorm, I think is much more offensive to the majority of the population than seeing, uh, the uh, little kids do it in South Park. Right. You know, right. It, it, it's really quite amazing. And where another question I had for you is like, where do you see the future of of it doesn't even have to be just comedy, but the future of film in general with with the way everything's going? Like, what do you expect the next 20 years is going to be like in, in film? You know, I I think the good news is, again, kind of the dualistic Taoism. The making of cinema has been democratized. We, we make movies now, not we, but you and uh Younger people can make movies well under $50,000. And I'm producing right now three movies. I've never produced so many at once because the budgets are small and, and we had a few bucks. So there's uh, Liam Regan who worked for us and whose movie we distribute on Choma now called uh, My Bloody Banjo. He worked on two or three of our, he worked on Shakespeare Shakespeare. And um, he uh, is editing uh, Miss Campbell in England less. And then Heidi Moore is making uh, Dead, uh, uh, Dolly Deadly, uh, which is uh, the second part of her 
Deadly Dolly series. And Mercedes, the muse, is uh, uh, had to stop shooting. Uh, uh, Heidi's movie, Kill Dolly Kill, is, is almost finished uh, post-production. Uh, Mercedes, the muse's movie is half finished shooting. So, uh, but I don't want her to shoot till this COVID thing is 100% done. My- uh, we don't want to take any risks of, uh, you know, no safety to humans. Yes. My, my question is, uh, to kind of branch off of where do you see film in 20 years, what would you say to someone like, or filmmakers like Jake and I, or anybody watching this, what would, what advice would you give for up and comers or like, Oh, I don't know, but I don't, wouldn't call myself an up and comer, but just people who are looking to make film or get into it. What well, I think, I think you have to decide what you want. If you want the, red carpet and the cocaine and the hookers and, uh, you know, all that stuff. Uh, you know, if you want the world of uh, Sundance where they worship Harvey Weinstein and, uh, you know, those wonderful people, uh, <laughs> you got to go west because that seems to be where everything is green lit. But if you are satisfied in being a uh, underground uh, auteur type artist, you can do it anywhere. And, um, Trauma is the proof. What I don't think you can do now is start your own damn movie studio. I think it's very, very hard unless you're the daughter of uh, the guy who started Oracle, who's a multi, multi billionaire. She started A24, but she's still being distributed through the majors. So when it comes to her movies, they're going to they're going to be more partial to their own than to her. And I think A24 may have run into a little toe stubbing recently with the uh, movie cartel or the oligopoly that, uh, you know, right. slows down other people's stuff on the internet, but speeds up their own, what they call content. Yeah. They so shadow, that, shadow ban. Out. Everybody can make a movie. That's great. So you could be a teacher or a nurse. Uh, you could, uh, you know, do something useful with your life, save a little money every year and make a movie. There's people, we, we have some movies on trauma now that were made for under $5,000. We can't do it because I prefer more production value and you know, things, a lot of special effects. Right. But but they are perfectly good, wonderful movies being made for very little. And um, so maybe you're a, you're a, a, a you know an English teacher, but every summer you have off, so you make a movie, save up a couple of thousand bucks and uh, make a movie, and then you go to the conventions and uh, take a booth and sell it. Or if you don't have enough for a booth, you give it to somebody and and uh, sell with them, and then you make another one the next year, and two years later, another one. And eventually, uh, you start selling your own damn movies, and and uh, you can move from being part-time filmmaker and full-time nurse to being part-time nurse, full-time filmmaker. I think that's a perfectly valid way to go, and uh, I see people doing it now. Right. Do you so think... It's a very good, uh, you know, I think there's... You know, it's not hopeless, but I don't think anybody can. It's a different world. When I began, if you had a movie that was competitive that people wanted to see, uh, you could. You, you there was room for you. you. Yeah. Now, unless you are in with one of the vassals of, of you know, like Fox Searchlight or or uh, Sony Classics, unless you're in with one of the vassals of the majors, uh, it, it, it very. I think it's basically impossible to make any money. Right. Uh, you know, you always hear about hitting the roulette wheel, but don't you shouldn't do it for that reason. It's an art. It's art. It's art, and don't go into it to uh, make money. 
You right. can make money, and indeed I have. But uh, it's been a long dry spell. Right. Yeah, do you think that there's like a pendulum as far as like when it, when movies first came out, you had to have money. Then during your area became kind of, your era became a little bit more achievable to make a movie on your own. But now it's like it's gone so far where if you want any eyes on it, you need a fuckload of money. Do you think it could swing back to possibly being like the YouTube generation in the early or mid two thousands was you could make anything and like a million people could see it. But then that like do you think it could come back to that? Or do you think it's so far gone that there's no going back? Based on our own experience, uh, experience, we've been policed out of stand. Uh, we've been policed out of Canto. When I say policed, I mean getting beaten up, shit like that. I made a documentary, uh, a short, ten-minute piece called uh, "From Festival to Fascism." I think if you watch that, you can get a sense of how the festivals have uh, gone from being festive to fascist. They're no longer about discovering new filmmakers. They're about promoting Robert De Niro or uh, who's the Nazi from Denmark. Uh, <laughs> they, they brought him back, you know, that kind of stuff. Right. Sundance, it's all about the uh, pedophile movie. What is it? Uh, Cuties. Go look at the ads that are on uh, YouTube. Cuties, which is a Netflix movie. They've got little kids dressed up as strippers. Great. But I'm sure it's through one of the vassals of the majors. Right. So it, it's a kind of disgusting. But I think uh, you can you can survive as an underground artist. I mean, I'm I'm not making. I haven't made any money for 20 years, but right. uh, oh. that I know. Of. <laughs> uh, but um, I'm still we're making movies. We're more active than ever. There are more. Um, we have people working for for us, like Dylan Mars Greenberg, who's made. She is a. a she, she's probably been with us for 10 years. She doesn't work for us anymore, but she has made it from the, I met her when she was 16 or something. And she's made eight feature length movies and each one gets better and better. And, and I have no doubt that she's going to be a star. It doesn't matter what the, the um, economic uh, or dicta dictatorial economic environment may be. Right. Uh, talent will out in some basic way. And I don't think I, if I didn't have some talent for something, I'm not even saying it's a talent for movie making, but clearly I must have some talent. Same with Michael Hurst, my partner of almost 50 years. Otherwise, we wouldn't be around so long. They wouldn't be remaking Toxic Avenger. There wouldn't be people playing our movies in movie theaters right. that we made 30 years ago, 30 right. years ago for no money. Terra Firma, a movie that nobody wanted to see when it came out. And now uh, we can't, uh, the Blu-ray is sold I, maybe 50,000. I don't know, a huge amount. Right. So I did, 20 years later, it's absurd. But that's, that's the critics don't get it, that's for sure. They're idiots. So, you know, you have to just keep plugging along or become, you know, be a hedge fund. If you want to make money, go down to Wall Street, run the hedge fund. Right. You know, so so two, two things I wanted either. to Two things I wanted to touch on. Uh, one you just brought up. Um, so talk to me a bit about this Toxic Avenger remake because I've heard rumblings of it online for a few years now. Uh, is there anything you can say or are willing to uh, share? Well, Legendary has taken it over. The other, the other group, which was the, uh, I can't even remember his name, but he was the director of Batman. It was a big, big time guy, Oscar winning group. But uh, they didn't succeed. And now Legendary has taken it over. And um, they, they, here's an interesting thing. They just served us with, uh, not served us, they just officially announced that 
they are, the contract permits them another 18 months because of um, uh, uh, crap. When uh, something like the uh, because of the COVID, uh, right, right. Uh, there's a clause in the contract. It's like if you have a big earthquake or a typhoon, sure. or and and it's through no fault of you, you cannot uh, work. Uh, oh, Jesus, it's on the tip of my tongue. It's a Latin word. All right, anyway, you know what it is. It's yeah, yeah. like a huge thing comes along. If a meteor crashes into the earth, uh, right. uh, they have the right to, to, to extend their contract for another 18 months. So we'll see. They're looking for a, a tentpole star, which they haven't found yet. They wrote a great script by, uh, well, the, the director they have chosen, Macon Blair, has written a terrific script. Uh, he's an avid trauma fan, knows our sense of humor very, very well. And like the Toxic Crusader cartoons, which were made for children, the, uh, uh, the, the trauma sense of humor is there in the same way that uh, James Gunn used our uh, view of the earth and sense of humor in Scooby-Doo, Scooby-Doo to make it a little raunchy. Um, the Toxic Crusader cartoons did the same, same brilliant thing. And I know Macon Blair will be able to uh, to make a, a R-rated movie, uh, a billion dollar budget, but yet it will have the trauma spirit. I've read the script twice. It's much better than the first Toxic Avenger, and uh, hopefully they'll let him direct it. Uh, they've said they will, and hopefully they'll make it happen. But and maybe this so will be far, the start of the. Uh... We need a big star. <laughs> Maybe this will be the start of the uh, the Troma Cinematic Universe, and you'll be uh, taking over Stan Lee's roles and uh, cameos in a Kabuki Man remake. Or well, I would Stan Lee would be like nothing better. He loves Troma. He's been a friend of mine for fifty years, and in fact, hashtag Shakespeare Shitstorm uh, was uh, dedicated to him and uh, Terry Jones and John G. Appleson, who was uh, my mentor. On, uh, Cry Uncle and Rocky and uh, others. Was Terry Jones a? Because uh, I saw a photo of you, of you with him. Was he a, a big fan of uh, Troma, or what was the story with him? Yeah, we, we became very good friends in around 1990. We met in Japan at a festival. His movie was uh, I can't remember. It's, it's good, a very good one. He uh, directed a movie about the Vikings. Maybe mm. it was called Eric the Viking. Eric the Viking. Wow. And I had uh, directed uh, The Good, The Bad, no, uh, The Last Temptation of Toxie, which was the third Toxic Avenger movie. And we became friends. He, he, uh, the Pythons had seen uh, uh, a number of our movies, and I was hugely in influenced. Way back when I was doing Stuck on You, uh, I had, I mean, there were definitely gags that uh, were clearly inspired by Monty Python. And I'm in the documentary, the seven-part documentary about Monty Python. Oh, very made cool. by Terry Jones' son. Uh, so we remained very close friends until the end. And he came to see uh, the Toxic Avenger musical, which played in London. Uh, uh, he came to see it uh, before he got totally uh, out of it. Right. And, and, and that we, was... had one, we had one final dinner where uh, he was no longer Terry Jones. Right. And that must be very rewarding to have you know the likes of him and uh, i've seen photos of uh, you and a uh, young quentin tarantino and all of these people like talk to me about how that feels to to know these, these people that i'm sure you know you said you're a big python fan some of these other people you look up to are, are watching your films and like talking about your films well i think they can discern that we are uh, artists that we take our films very very seriously 
Uh, we don't take ourselves too seriously, but, uh, you know, I spent five years writing Tromeo and Juliet. Uh, James Gunn was the final writer on it, and he saved the day. But uh, it took at least a year to write uh, hashtag Shakespeare shitstorm and another year to prepare it. And uh, Gabe Friedman, William Shakespeare, and I wrote the story. Uh, it took <laughs> plenty of time. Then Gabe Friedman, by the way, and I wrote The Poultry Guy's Night of the Chicken Dead. And he uh, is responsible for uh, many of our films being good. He edited for 10 years at Choma and made, uh, in some cases, shit into diamonds. And uh, it, like Tales from the Crapper was a disaster. And uh, Gabe, uh, it took us four years, but we made it into a, a very funny movie that if you're drunk, you'll enjoy it. It's, it's a <laughs> yeah, failed film. I was going to I was gonna ask, oh, like, oh. I know for a fact that like when Jake and I write something beforehand, we're like, holy fuck. Like, I don't know how we're going to make this happen. <laughs> and, and then you see it. It's not, sometimes it's not necessarily what you think it was going to look like. But you're still like, oh, we pulled it off. Right. Do you ever get that feeling when you have this, you have this vision in your head of what your movie's gonna look like, and it comes out looking different, but you're still like, fuck, that's pretty cool. Yes, I agree. Uh, and we low budget people. When we were making Trauma's War, which uh, uh, Joe Bob Briggs just showed on uh, his uh, last drive-in, and it was the number one trending uh, Twitter of the night. Uh, Troma's War, again, a masterpiece. I'm sorry, it's a masterpiece. But when we were making it, you know, it, it was such an ambitious project that our slogan and the actors were terrific. You know, we had about uh, uh, 10 principles. And uh, we, anything that happened, we would say, let work with it, work with it. Right. We would, <laughs> we, I remember we were filming a long dialogue scene where six of them are sitting on a rock. And we start, we start filming and it's a bright, sunny day. Then, as as we're filming, uh, it becomes uh, a, a rain downpour, <laughs> and we would just we, we would just say, uh, "Work with it, work right. with it." <laughs> yeah. And uh, when I cut the scene together, if you look closely, you can see that the weather changes within the uh, within within the scene from angle to angle. Right. But I think our audiences uh, uh, enjoy that; they like to see behind the curtain. Bertolt Brecht, uh, I'm a big fan of Bertolt Brecht, and uh, he, he, he was big on the breaking the fourth wall. Thornton Wilder, our town, that did that. And it was, it was uh, reviled in the 70s when I did it. Uh, people didn't like it, critics did, because nobody did it, so therefore it's no good. Right. If you do something different, like it. But now... Uh, everything everybody's uh, looking at the camera right look well, at deadpool and that's who part are, of the that's who, part of the fun too of, of some of the like i know i know i used to like the old godzilla movies where it's clearly just a man in a rubber suit the buildings fall apart and you see there's nothing inside them like it, it you can tell it's a bit homemade but that's kind of the charm and and the appeal of it the charm absolutely and uh this turning to the camera and saying something warhol was the greatest at that and um uh, obviously, Deadpool, those guys love trauma, and they're always talking about uh, right. how our movies were seminal and influenced uh, all the new, you know, a lot of the new, younger, better directors like I I Eli Roth and you know, Trent Hager. Um, so la last question I have for you here, Lloyd. So what what is next for, I, I know there was talks of maybe Shakespeare's Shitstorm being your last film. Do, is there plans for you to do more? Do you Are you interested in making another film? Like, are you searching? Like... Kind of talk me through that. 
Uh, well, um, I, I, I'm 75 years old. I had vertigo right after finishing the principal photography. I literally had vertigo with a, a big tribute to uh, Alfred Hitchcock. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I, it lasted three days. I was spinning around in my bed for three days. So I, you know, like I, the Beach I, Boys. <laughs> get old, let's put it that way. Yeah. I, I, I am looking for a project. We wrote a book called Pests. Uh, that's out. Pests. Uh, it's quite good. It's a, a little darker and not as slapsticky as most of my stuff. Um, uh, Jordan Paley and I and uh, Regina Katz, who was my assistant, we uh, wrote this book. Uh, came out three or four years ago. So uh, I think I'm going to get a couple of people to write the script. Uh, we'll get the rights to publishers, very small publisher. So well, I, maybe we have the rights. I, it might be a good one. I don't know what I'm doing. Let, but I don't think, I don't think that hashtag Shakespeare Shitstorm will be my last movie. Like that great Austrian American uh, statesman, I'll be back. Right. <laughs> well, listen. If you're ever looking for writers, Luke and I are hungry for work. <laughs> well, if you've got a project that's written, uh, I'd love to see it. You know, I'm, I I don't know what I'm doing next. Right. I, I usually. Usually we develop, if I'm directing it, we develop the thing in-house because I get obsessed with a theme like anti-fast food. Right. That's where Pokey guys came from. Right. Uh, so for, you know, Toxic Avenger, we used to camp out and the you could see that the environment was, uh, it was garbage, non-biodegradable garbage everywhere. All the movies have uh, themes. And Troma Now has uh, pretty much all 47 years of Troma's movies plus uh, hundreds more of, of uh, movies we've acquired. But all the ones we've made in-house, they all have very serious themes underlying the uh, goofy or action-packed uh, or sexy or slapsticky uh, movies, right. the, uh, stories. Well, and, and the behind-the-scenes, I mean, we have some of the behind-the-scenes of your newest film right here. Um, we would love for you to check these out. They're it's really amazing, like, the work that goes in. Um, when I first saw this, I was just completely shocked. Um, here, let me just get the screen sharing going again. This is a fun thing. And again, thank you for your help. Again, the movie, hashtag Shakespeare Shitstorm, return to Newcomb High, return to Newcomb High, uh, return to, return to Newcomb High, poultry guys. Uh, all, all the movies of our past 20 years have clearly been uh, thanks to the fans because they they have... a we, we're making them for the same budget as Toxic Avenger in 1983. But no, no. Oh. Hang on. Can you, can you see the screen, Lloyd? Sorry, I, I, cut, you I cut you off there. It looks great. Okay, here we go. This is some behind the scenes of <coughs> Lloyd's newest, move, new, newest film. Here we go. Pardon? I didn't see anything. It's not moving. Oh, but oh, that's. I just see the uh, page from Twitter or something. Yeah. You're sharing the wrong screen. Yeah, there we go. I, I... Oh, there we go. <laughs> All right, let me get this here out. This is a. We have two monitors going, so the share screen's a little bit of a pain in the ass. One oh. sec. Oh, looks great. How did you, you, you can you usually see, behind the scenes? Can you see this? Behind the scenes is not so clear, but this is so clear. It's can, terrific. Can you see the the website? 
I, I see a still picture. Uh, I don't see it moving, but it's still the quality is so good. <laughs> What's the... What's How did you? What the? Geez, that's great. And you weren't even nobody. You didn't get in the way. You know, a lot of times crews don't like people doing behind what, the scenes. Cause, what do you see on the screen? Well, I, I think I see Taylor Swift, and <laughs> I think that's uh, Prince King. All right, let, let's and, let's listen. They have they have. This is a pretty good uh, behind the scenes clip here. Let's just listen. Yeah, this was you your last fight with Jewel. I didn't think real boxers could lose and get tied up in the turnbuckle and get their tits mauled. Oh, God. Oh, shut up. Oh, shit. Yeah. What are you doing? Oh, well, no, these were the auditions. Oh, these were auditions. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> yeah, uh, I like yeah, we, well, we want people to feel comfortable. Uh, and as you see, we're safety first. We're wearing gloves, so right. uh, no... No problem with infection. Right. I mean, it gets pretty vicious at some points. So I, this is this is typical of a trauma audition then. Is that correct? Well, you, know, you want to make sure that the uh, actors are comfortable. We do have a nudity in our movies. Right. Uh, these people, uh, the acting didn't quite work out. But, um, <laughs> you know, this is on file. Right. And, and this is a, you get them to act out scenes beforehand just to see what they're like on tape. I mean, this scene is just riveting. Here, let me just... <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, the, uh, yeah, the iambic pentameter went over very well in the audition. Yeah, right. Uh, uh, so it's uh, pretty good. Uh, but, uh, you know, usually I'm not on set. So uh, it, it, when I'm on set, they get nervous. So here, <laughs> I don't on set when I'm at the audition. We usually have all the auditions. Uh, the first auditions, I'm not there. And uh, I... I watch uh, at home. Right. That's uh, really humble of you. You have some privacy that way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, privacy. Uh, uh, my wife uh, jogs in the morning, so uh, I've got an hour free. And uh, <laughs> there's got there's one more good spot here. I think we. I think this was the Stormy Daniels audition for, uh, for that reality show, right? right. And Lloyd, there was some music to that one. Do you do you sometimes edit these these uh, casting reels with with a little bit of music? Um, no, and sometimes the Mister Softy truck passes by the trauma building, and we can hear the uh, that the wonderful. I never get tired of that song. It's just a, it's just amazing what uh, Troma can do um, as far as just filmmaking in general. Just some of the directions they're willing to take films. Oh, the fact that you're, you're the new Ain't It Cool News. How did you sneak into the the auditions and get that <laughs> yeah. footage? Believe it, or, Lloyd. You want to know something crazy? My sister sent me that. That's quite the family. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Give her a Where shout out. Say thank you, Megan Mitchell. Is Megan in uh, Toronto? Or? Yes, she's working hard. She's painting right now. Houses? Yeah, she's a painter. And does she paint uh, uh, paints paintings with frames or mainly No, houses? Just, just houses. Okay. <laughs> okay. Is she vegetarian? Huh? 
Is she vegetarian? No. Hitler Hitler was a house painter and was vegetarian. <laughs> oh man. And, he was quite a good painter, if I remember correctly. <laughs> oh, there you go, Megan. Yeah, very good uh, soap and lampshades, too. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that's well, why the vegetarians. Yeah. Well, Lloyd, thank you so much for uh, joining us again. I mean, that like that alone was over an hour. So we have yeah. probably an hour 40 interview here. Is uh, there anything, Lloyd, before we let you go, that, that you would like to promote? Or, yeah, uh, sorry about that. I forgot to... No, uh, I think you guys have done a good job. One little scoop that you have exclusive is that within the next two weeks, you know, we have Troma Now, our streaming service, and we hope you could uh, urge people to join it and uh, help us. It's only $4 a month, $4.99 a month, first month free, but it, it's really our only hope right now to, to uh, stay in business. Well, and even, so even to further... Even to further uh, uh, promote Troma Now, our uh, our short, Luke and I short Celebrity Home Tours is going to be on Troma Now at some point. So uh, great. yeah, it's yeah, definitely. Watch. And uh, watch if you want to support us, go to watch.troma.com. But here, here is the uh, breaking news: in about two weeks, we're going to move people from Troma.com, which is just a website. We're moving them over to Troma Plus from which you'll be able to gain access to Roku and uh, Microsoft X oh, very and cool. uh, Ubi and Tubi and Poopy and uh, <laughs> anything, you, <laughs> anything you want. So, uh, and it's a fan. Uh, the we, Vimeo wanted to shake us down and ask uh, something like $30,000 to, uh, to put us back. They took us off Roku and said we, they won't put us back on unless we uh, let them make an app for us. Right. Uh, 30,000 smackaronis. So we got a fan in Texas who's been making the app for the last two years, and he seems to be very close to completion. And Michael Hurst thinks that in the next week or two, we will announce Troma Plus. Very cool. Oh, there we go. Troma Plus, ladies and gentlemen. This is an LA podcast exclusive. Woo! We're going to have a song. Troma Plus. Podcast exclusive. You said it. Wow. And what last question. I see you got Biggie Smalls on your shirt. Do you, like, are you a fan? What's going on yeah. there? Yeah, okay. Yes, big fan. And uh, and uh, we lost a, a great mind, a great philosopher. And, uh, you know, they were under all this stuff, right? The, the Tupac also. They were geniuses. They were genuine geniuses. Mm -hmm. And they wanted to change the world. They wanted to, uh, to be... Uh, you know, they warned about all this stuff that's going on now, right? Yeah. Right? They were sort of like the, uh, you know, did you ever, you're too young, but uh, do you remember, I don't know if you ever heard Black Flag or the Germs or the the real punk rock groups. Mm. Uh, they would literally talk about, uh, that one of the songs of the, uh, I think it's Black Flag, it might be the Germs, predicts that uh, we, white will no longer be the majority, you know, and they talk about uh, the police and they talk about the terrible things the cops are doing. And they, all this, you know, this is from 1980, 81. Right. So, you know, uh, Tupac and uh, Biggie, same thing. They were, they, they saw it coming. And unfortunately they uh, were knocked off. Some say by the LA police. Right. I don't know. Well, what they a, were, what a note. They were, they were up there with the, uh, with, uh, what's his name, uh, the comedian, uh, Hicks, Hicks. Oh, yeah, yeah, Carlin Hicks. Uh, if I'm, uh, what's his name, uh, uh, Hicks, 
anyway, he was brilliant, the best. Bill Hicks. Bill Hicks, yeah. Letterman censored him and uh, treated him shabbily, and he died. George Carlin was my favorite. He got me into comedy and writing. Carlin, uh, yeah. again, great, great, great. His, his shit still holds up, like, brilliantly. Oh. Like, it's amazing. All of them do. Bill Hicks, they, uh, the, the uh, oh, my God, Pry, Richard Pryor, they're all better than ever. It's just uh, the times have changed. You right. can't make it. Uh, you couldn't make Blazing Saddles today. Right. right. And, you know, uh, what's his name? Uh, Mel Brooks? He wrote uh, Blazing Saddles with Mel Brooks. Uh, Richard Pryor. Guy, uh, huh? Richard Pryor. Yes. Yeah. The guy is brilliant. <laughs> we, uh, ju- we just hit on both of our inspiration. Like, Mel Brooks was the reason I decided I wanted to make movies. I was eight years old, and I think I saw Spaceballs, and I was like, this is what I want to yeah. do. Yeah. So. Well, great stuff, and you can't do it today. What a pity. And... Uh, I mean, you can, and the and the hope is, uh, look look at uh, C.K. Lewis, they they canceled him, yet he just went on his own and said, hey folks, you want to see my latest? And he puts it up five million dollars later. He's yeah. got uh, a million people paying four dollars and five dollars a piece. Louis C.K. So he's always kind of doing the same thing. With with basically, uh, once we get Choma Plus up, we will remove everything from YouTube except for the public right. announcements and. The documentaries about Can and uh, you know political statements, uh, but we don't want you know Luke, YouTube for the past five years. We they've been making hundreds of thousands of dollars off our millions and millions of views. Right. And on a million views, we get a dollar eight. Right. We That's crazy. Thousand, we used to get a thousand five hundred if we had a million views on a movie. The same movie, two years later, a dollar eight. So we're, you know, we're going to take right. uh, free movies off because YouTube's making all the money. I really think that their systems are going to bite them in the ass. I do think the pendulum will swing, and I think it, that what they're doing is going to fuck them in the long run. Um, so that's my take. <clears throat> Monopoly never works. Oligopoly, you must have competition or things fall apart. Yeah. And, that, and look at our econ- economics, our economy. You've got three Americans who have as much wealth as half the country. That's not competition. That's not a healthy, you know, we've got, uh, there is no, every, you know, the, the people up here, the hedge fund guys, got, they're sitting around collecting, you know, tearing their coupons and getting money. And the fuckers in uh, you want fries with that are uh, starving. So, I mean, uh, yeah, you know, for me, it's like, at what point is enough enough? It's like, what the fuck are you doing? Just give it a, like, give it a rest, <laughs> you know, like, do you want to rule exactly. the whole world or what? <laughs> when I was a kid, by the way, just so you know, when I was a child, uh, the uh, 70% was the top income tax rate. The billionaires who pay taxes, and as Warren Buffett says, he, he pays less taxes than his secretary because of all the loopholes. Uh they don't even, you know, all the benefits in this country go to the rich people. Yeah. In Canada, if you, well, you're in Canada. You can get money from your government. Uh, in Portugal, Mutant Blast, a, a trauma movie, we got $250,000 from the government on top of our own budget. And, and it's trauma, an American co- movie. Make, uh, we made a Portuguese movie language, uh, a, 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 language a Portuguese language movie. Uh, you can do it. Uh, Father's Day, I think they got money, uh, our movie Father's Day. And I know the next movie those boys did, they got like 300000 from the government for a horror right. film. Our government pays the independent nothing, helps the independent nothing, except the uh, big tax dodges for the uh, 
the Sonys and the Rupert Murdochs of the world. Us, they uh, come at, after us with a hacksaw. You know? yeah. So, so it, uh, and and it's gonna we're turning into a third world country, the United States. Right. You know, we're like Brazil with a small a bunch of billionaires at the top, and the rest of us are all uh, slums. eating food. Well, do you have anything you want to say to our giant audience <laughs> as we any, wrap any the final thoughts up? before uh, we let you go here? I think the main thing is to look at the cup half full. You know, you either you can be an optimist in a pessimistic way or a pessimistic in an optimistic world, but I think you should assume certainly during my life uh, things generally. They still stink, right? Life stinks, as Mel Brooks said. But you go around the world, women are treated better. There's less uh, uh, genitalia, uh, uh, whatever, circumcision of uh, women. There's, uh, uh, you know, you have people like Bill Gates wiping out uh, diseases. Uh, the world has never been better fed. It's still on the verge of massive starvation, but it's better than it's ever been. And if we could only cure the uh, the uh, the environment, uh, which is a disgrace that these uh, giant uh, governments aren't doing anything about it, but uh, and the rich people don't. I'm not. To I'm not too sure about old Bill Gates, but well, that's for a different day. <laughs> what really? No, like Bill Gates? I don't know. Uh, I don't. I put him right up there with all the other billionaires. I think it's just no kidding, huh? Yeah. Our cleaning woman doesn't like Bill Gates either. She hates him. So yeah, it's kind of it, like one of the funniest memes I saw this year was uh, Bill Gates can't even keep your Windows 98 from getting a virus. Now he's going to jam a needle in you. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Uh, so, well, yeah. anyway, I'm optimistic uh, generally, mm -hmm. but uh, it sure is a, uh, a really moving toward fascism everywhere. Right. Uh, and, uh, you know, the Cannes Film Festival to the, uh, to the Belarus uh, country, to uh, China... Uh, genocide back in the game in China, Russia poisoning people in the park. Not pigeons, but poisoning humans in the park. You know, it's pretty, pretty horrible. So yeah. I think we have to do everything we can to prevent the world war and uh, and stay, uh, try to save the planet. Right. Really. Well, all right. Thank you, Lloyd, cool. so much for joining us, and uh, thank you for coming back again. I mean, that was must have well, been you're busy. Great. So, and you're a very good psychiatrist. So I feel so much better. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, don't go, don't go spinning in your bed again. We need more Lloyd movies. And make sure everyone check out hashtag Shakespeare Shitstorm at various film festivals. Is there going to be a, a physical release down the road, Lloyd, or is it going to be streaming? Yeah, first, with the theaters open, we have Mutant Blast that played in Los Angeles for two successful weeks. And would it kept going. It was right before the lockdown. And then the New York uh, got canceled. And then the next one is hashtag Shakespeare Shitstorm. So there'll be about 200 theaters, uh, one at a time. You know, they'll either be a, in New York, we get a couple of weeks. L.A., we got a couple of weeks. And then the rest of the country, maximum one week and or a weekend or a midnight or something. Right. Because our movies are made for the big screen. As you can see, there's right. tremendous amount of detail. And you don't see it. You really have to watch it a second time on the smaller screen to get the full uh, detail and the the full, uh, wonderful background action and what have you. So I, I am fully confident we will uh, have some kind of theatrical run. Uh, and then Slashening, uh, the second Slashening, the first one is on Troma now, and it's hilarious. And the guy who wrote Shakespeare's Shitstorm, who wrote the screenplay, 
uh, wrote and directed Slashing One, which is on Troma now. You can see it free the first month. All the Everything's free on Troma now the first month. And uh, he's uh, just finishing up Slashing Two, the beginning, the end of the beginning, Slashing Two. Very funny. We premiered it in Troma Dance this year at uh, Mahone, uh, the Mahoning Drive-In in Pennsylvania. Sold out. People loved it. People right. loved it. And uh, so there's a lot of good stuff coming uh, your way. I just I'm don't know pipe. what I'm doing next. Uh, right, right. Well, everyone... well, I know exactly what I'm doing next. I'm heading for my bottle of Maker's Mark. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. Let me kill my Looking for some of those toys. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, Lloyd. We really enjoyed having you. And everyone check out watch.troma.com. Is that the right address? Yeah, that's yeah. definitely right. Watch.troma.com and hashtag Shakespeare Shitstorm. Thanks so much, Lloyd. Hopefully we see you in New York next time we're down there. Well, please come down and uh, we'll take good care of you. And thank you so much for uh, helping us with sh hashtag Shakespeare Shitstorm. Oh, no, your thank you. Are, your cameos are unforgettable. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, Lloyd. See you later, Lloyd. Thank you. So long. So long. Thank you, gentlemen. Bye. See ya. <laughs> That's good.